we are always on the lookout for the next big opportunity, and we think that is AI. AI tech is taking over the world. It is a revolution that will change everything we know about how we live, work, and communicate. As investors, we're paying close attention to the companies that are at the forefront of this tech. OpenAI is leading the way, so we're in stocks like Microsoft and NVIDIA. But it's not just the big tech companies that are going to benefit from the rise of AI. There are a number of unexpected stocks that could also see a boost. Companies like healthcare using AI to improve patient outcomes and reduce costs. Companies in transportation using AI to improve logistics and streamline operations. We are keeping a close eye on several unexpected stocks that will benefit from AI technology. And today on Dumb Money, how tech like AI and ChatGPT are going to change the world forever and how we're positioning ourselves to ride the AI money train. We are Dumb Money. Three friends who turned $30,000 into $30 million using nothing more than Twitter and a zero commission trading account. The suits that work on Wall Street, they call those people the smart money. That's not us. Our goal is to help level the playing field for everyday investors. We are Dumb Money. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey there, Dave here along with Kristen Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. And in case it wasn't too obvious, my intro this morning was 100% written by ChatGPT, Based on learning my style from our last eight shows, the thumbnail for today's episode, that was originally created by Dolly2 by typing in three guys riding the money train. I took that image and I quickly photoshopped our actual faces in and then uploaded that into Midjourney AI, which then created the final thumbnail image. It, this whole process probably took longer than uh, the usual thumbnail and usual intro because I had to try a bunch of different prompts to get something that was usable. But Chris, Jordan, there will be a day perhaps not even that far in the future where we can just load all of our past shows into an AI bot and it's going to learn how we think and how we talk and AI will be able to just basically pick a topic and spit out a full realistic Dumb Money Live show and we'll be able to vacation. But until then, if you guys appreciate the uh, real Dumb Money guys being here live and in person, let us know by hitting the like button for the YouTube algorithm. This, this stuff is just absolutely insane and exciting and there's so many opportunities. Yeah, Dave, I, I don't know about you guys since the week that ChatGPT um, has been released on OpenAI, which if anyone's watching the show and hasn't yet used it themselves, I highly recommend before you do anything in this space to actually use the technology so you get a, a full appreciation and understand uh, what this all means. You have to just use it. I've had it open on my laptop, Dave, and I've had it open on my phone since that week, and I use it in every single thing that I do, every email that I send. Yeah, you were saying you had, a, that you had a, a legal question come up just yesterday, right? What was that? Yeah, so so we so we have a restaurant here in Dallas, uh, as, as most of y'all probably know by now, and we had a fight break out this last weekend. A kid, a kid got pushed, uh, turned around. I didn't see the footage yet, but my, but, but my business partner did. So he got pushed turned around and took a full swing shot at the guy that had pushed him. And then that guy and two of his friends 
basically started attacking him. So we received a letter from an attorney basically stating that we should, that we need to preserve the footage, right? So, you know, like we're not against that, but we don't want to get involved in stuff unless we have to. There's a lot of administration involved. We have to take someone's time to go search through footage. It, 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 it's, you know, when you're operating a restaurant, there's a lot of stuff going on and that costs us money. So the question was, do we need to do this if we're not being required to do it because of a police investigation? Because it's not like, you know, the, the police asks us to preserve the footage or an ADA yeah. is asked to preserve the footage. And two, if we have to do it, can we charge the attorney money? So I just simply asked chat GPT that question. And I was stunned how precise the answer was. It was essentially saying that legally, no, we do not need to preserve the footage unless there is an investigation and we're being required to by the law uh, by officials with the city, with the police, right, or the attorneys, um, the, the prosecutors, or, and two, uh, that there was still some risk if we choose not to, because later on, uh, the attorney can come back uh, and, and we could actually get in trouble with the court if retroactively for not pulling it, even though we weren't legally required to, but if we avoided doing so when we had the ability to do so, it, there's a gray area is, is what I learned through ChatGPT. Also, well, we do have the ability to charge Chat, ChatGPT is just pulling from very, like how in the world does ChatGPT have that information? Where did it, like, what is it merging together to come up with that type of like what? synopsis of what is legally required and not it's yeah but 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 also david even told us precisely that we were allowed to charge but not too much and that later on if we charge too much the attorney can ask the judge to retroactively have us refund anything that was unreasonable that we couldn't prove was a reasonable amount to charge so i just thought it was fascinating that took me about 20 seconds to find out all that information by asking the question at chat gpt guys i'm using this for everything everything that i do it's wild and uh, it really Jordan, does using it to code right a little bit on the side like you're using it not, not to code but to like just to assist with coding not regularly no i think there are better tools that are actually like integrate with an id um ai tools um but you could use chat gp specifically to generate code and people have done it run the code maybe you have to fix a few things here or there um, or reprompt and get it to fine tune the code. But yeah, I mean, it's, it can definitely pump out um, code and libraries in several different programming languages. I just think it's so good at doing that, simple that, things. It basically can yeah. replace, I, I had a, a hotel reservation that I needed to move a day earlier. And it's not, it's like this real weird small inn that doesn't have like an online booking. And I didn't want to write an email explain. So I basically said, I'm coming a day early. I, I wrote like two bullet points, explain this in an email with two bullet points. And it wrote a nice email that I copied and pasted and sent. It's like, it's like the olden days when you would say, Hey, write this, you know, take a dictation. And then it turns it into full on text that is usable. Right. Um, I, it, it, it's pretty, it's pretty, Dave, it, it's, it's, it's pretty mind blowing. That's for sure. I, I'm using it for everything. I know me, Kevin, in a segment yesterday, I saw him using it to write legal uh, legal yeah. agreements, basically, in real time on his show. He had it write I, like a, a, a lease agreement with a disparagement clause. It was it was crazy. <laughs> OK, I'm so, sure so I know everyone's thinking about can, investing. Uh, that it, that it you know, can recall all that information. What was that, Jordan? 
I'm saying it's just seen enough of them that it can just recall that information. I I, I guess um, this is what I know for sure. Um, this is is <laughs> going back to the generational investing opportunity. Um, I know we, we we thought we had one potentially with blockchain, and it hasn't really materialized at least as quickly as we thought it might materialize. Especially with crypto. I was never a big crypto guy, as you guys know, um, but I, I, I think a lot of people thought that crypto was a generational investing opportunity. A lot of people still think it is. I mean, I, I, I don't know. You, you weren't but as into I'll crypto as you were milking cats. Yeah, were, if I don't, if I don't bring up the fact that you were, you were all in on Web three and metaverse. He was right all as I, I, that I in we, getting that milk. We, we have to be transparent about that. I, I still am all in on metaverse. I think it's just a matter of when, not if. But I do think that the when, and I've kind of always thought the when was going to be way off. Um, I was hoping that we could have more of a smooth transition over the course of the next decade with a slow climb, not a drop off the cliff and have to kind of, you know, rebuild from the ground up at at some point in the future, um, due to a lack of a platform and lack of the ability to bring it to the masses. Uh, listen, it, on, the world did not invest the way it does now until we had discount brokers and then online brokers, right? So the you have to have bridges to bring society, to bring people into these new technologies. ChatGPT and artificial intelligence can exist, but without a proper app, to really bring it to the masses, it's kind of irrelevant. And if, until they released it, this technology has been there, right? The last couple of, until they released it for us to play with, it yeah. was completely meaningless. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Now, the and, we, and we know that, that, that Google is working on a version, that Microsoft is heavily, heavily invested in OpenAI, that Amazon is... It, all of these companies are building something, and this OpenAI was just the first to kind of to unveil what they're doing. And it started with earlier projects that they did where they had some generative music, and they had this, the uh, Dolly, which is just this crazy thing that will generate images. And I feel like right now all their bandwidth is being allocated to ChatGPT because when I was trying to generate images with it yesterday, the images were coming back just terrible looking. It was like it's so dumb, but... Um, I've seen it, it used to when they first came out with it, it was amazing. And then it seems like that's degraded a little bit. But this is costing OpenAI millions of dollars, what, a minute, a second. I don't know. It's just like no, it's just no, a big, are, huge no, money but, loser. Didn't we didn't we look at this in like a few million dollars a month? Chris that yeah I mean that's the the general consensus is a few million dollars a month but then some people are saying it could be 10x that no one really knows for sure yeah, really knows um you're getting a big investment right I I, th I think it's kind of irrelevant right yeah they're getting this supposedly 10 billion dollar investment from Microsoft and it will include a lot of cra uh, cloud credits right on on Azure but Guys, this is an inevitability. I don't think there's any debate. You know, we can kind of debate 
some other industry sectors. Uh, this is an inevitability. AI is it's coming. There's no stopping it. The only debatable thing is how quickly it's coming. If it's coming in a year, two years, five years, there's no way. I, I don't know of anyone who has a thesis that AI isn't going to dominate at some point in the future. It's just a matter of how long it takes to happen. So as an investor, this is not a sector that could be ignored. This is a monster opportunity. And I think the best part about this opportunity is it's happening during a kind of a quasi recessionary cycle to where you can't get overexcited about anything. So a lot of the opportunities in the space, they're not out of control, right? Like people are not going, being irrational about this yet. And that's a good thing for investors yeah. because it yeah. means it buys this I time. kind of agree. I think, you know, this next cycle that we're going to see um, in the markets will be driven by AI innovation. Um, I think that that's what people are going to start looking for. Toward the last cycle, you could argue that it was all about cloud um, and cloud adoption. I think AI adoption is going to be the next, uh, you know, the next, kind of buzz that's going to be around the industry. Yeah, Jordan, cloud did not disappoint, right? It cloud, did not disappoint. Cloud, cloud impacted us in a profound way. There were obviously yeah. a small number of huge beneficiaries, but cloud computing realistically is what brought on all the massive innovation in early stage companies. We had company. a decade of cloud dominance, basically, in, in, uh, in tech investing. And I think it's going to be the same way about AI um, for the next decade. You know, once we get through this, you know, little bear market that we're in, I think I think so, AI drives the next. Well, so let me, let me just say, I, I'm trying to get answers from OpenAI. When we have a question that we don't know the answer to, this is my new go-to. But the problem is, it is so busy right now that it will not answer the question. I'm asking it, how much is OpenAI losing every month, and it won't answer it. <laughs> it, it doesn't know. Kind of but no, spending. no, it knows. Like right here, Reuters knows that OpenAI projects no, a billion dollars in revenue by 2004. And here's how much it costs to run. I mean, you can find this information on other, on other sources, old. but it's, it's, it's too just old. too slow. Yeah, that, it's, so basically, no, the yeah, data set, their GT, their it's, GPT it's all learning data. Training set is a snapshot and it doesn't, it's not being updated daily. Well, no, that's, that's yeah. the, the, uh, the beta version, but there is a right. playground that is yeah. connected to the internet that you can get more up-to-date information, but, yeah. and, and it's using the same DaVinci 3 version, but it is overloaded. And yesterday when okay, I was trying right. to get stuff, it was overloaded. So I had to, I had to make sure right. I wrote that intro like last night when there was, when the usage was low so that I'd be able to get my show written. All right, we all know that that will get fixed pretty quick and this will be monetized and you'll be paying, you know, you'll be paying for it um, at, le at least as in an, for institutional use of it, right? Uh, an enterprise use of it. You'll be able to pay for it. You'll get the bandwidth that you need and individuals will have access to it once it's monetizable, right? Through search and advertising and- Speaking you know, of getting the bandwidth you need, Chris, you might need to, to uh, you might need to reboot because it look like you're um, eight bit. <laughs> Eight bit Chris is back. Are you serious, dude? Yeah. You look, Am I better uh, now? You look pretty pixelated to me. If you sit still and don't blink, it comes back. It's eight, Are you, it's is eight this the real Chris or is this an, a chatbot I'm talking to? Dude, I mean, how do you even tell now? If it, if it starts to look fake, they just like grainy it up so that you Can can't you actually me? tell. Is my voice normal? That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah it'll great. it'll play back just fine on the podcast. Okay, Until can we stuff. just talk about the invest the investing play here? Because that's all that that's really what I want to talk about. Right? 
So I, I, here's, I'll give you my approach. My approach is I think the earliest, the, the, the way to invest in AI this year, and we're not financial advisors. This is just what we're thinking for our own account. So please do your own research, make your own decisions. This is not advice for you. This is just what we're thinking, poke holes in it. I think the best way to invest in AI this year is not to overthink it, but to simply get on Google and search, and not AI, but get on Google and maybe AI and search what are the companies to benefit from AI and to invest in what everybody else is going to be investing in, whether they are the right calls or not. Okay. Yeah. And so what I did is I basically found an article, a few different articles that list the top 10 companies. And my yeah. thought is this institutions are going to be speculating. Retail investors are going to be speculating. You don't even really need to be right. You just kind of need to be early. Right. So there are a bunch of obvious companies in different sectors that everyone's like, these are going to be the primary beneficiaries of the AI revolution. Why am I going to overthink it and not just get in on that as more and more people and institutions say, you know what, this AI thing is real. The more information we get on AI, when ChatGPT 4.0 is eventually released this year, when Google comes out with their AI search at some point later this year as rumored, right? When we start seeing AI pop up in more and more news articles, when it's on the Today Show, when you cannot stop hearing about AI every single day, you just want to be in these obvious, or whether they're right or not, you want to be in these obvious plays. So that's completely obvious, but I think so, you can so also my... spread things around, right? I think you want to be in hardware, right? And then you want to also be in you know, uh, places that are going to be disrupted. Healthcare, I think, is one of my favorite areas for AI. It's not just the text generation. Um, a lot of it's imaging, and a lot of it's going to be in healthcare. Yeah, and healthcare was one that oh. when I asked uh, ChatGPT what some uh, innovative areas are going to be, it came up with transportation, including like drone delivery or aut right. autonomous driving, uh, robo taxis, that sort of thing, and also uh, a, uh, healthcare. So those are yeah. those are the two that ChatGPT came up with as the areas that were going to benefit. But my, I'm I'm totally with you, Chris, on listening to like figuring out who the mainstream people who are just going to invest because it's the obvious choice. And so what do you do? You watch Kramer, right? And you see what Kramer talks about. And this is one case where the, uh, the inverse Kramer ETF is, is not really, I, I love the inverse Kramer ETF, but I think that Kramer surfacing something does kind of put it out there. And the obvious one I think is the hardware that makes this stuff work and that is NVIDIA, right? Yeah, because, so, so guys, I think- I think And he was talking about it last night on not, his show. I looked it up, I, I, I tuned in just to make sure that I was right on this. This is the one, guys, that is not only obvious, but I actually think dead on correct. And I think NVIDIA certainly is likely to be one of the absolute biggest beneficiaries. So can I just read what yeah, the yeah, rest I want you to roll through your like top so 10 list on of Nvidia, stocks that I might. Think that that's the obvious one. It's also really expensive. So if I'm going to play hardware, I'm going to mix in two others. It's probably going to be ASML and TSMC. 
Well, talk to us about those, Jordan. So TSMC makes every single chip that uh, NVIDIA produces. It's Taiwan the Semi. nanometer process that NVIDIA is uh, going to be um, going over to. ASML makes all the equipment that, um, you know, fabs like TSMC has to buy to stay on the cutting edge of uh, chip manufacturing. So those are those two. Are, are they that... commoditized, Jordan, whereas Not NVIDIA? ASML is no, pretty much it. And then TSMC is really the only game in town as far as fab. They're, so TSMC is like something like 80% of all semi-fab. Um, and so, you know, they're opening, they're opening that Arizona fab in the United States here pretty soon. Right now, everything's made um, in Taiwan, but they're... I mean, they're the they're the big leagues as far as. I don't know whose microphone that is, but someone's having a mic issue. I, I it's not it's not mine, I don't think. But um, speaking of Nvidia, Facebook, Meta, right? They're building the world's largest AI supercomputer, and that supercomputer has six thousand and eighty of the NVIDIA A100 graphics processing units, okay? Um, and is equipped with the company's quantum InfiniBand networking system. Now that H100 uh, and the A100 AI chips by NVIDIA are the ones that are so powerful the US essentially restricted their sales uh, from China and Russia. So again, I, I, I really think NVIDIA is just in the pole position in this space. I'm not saying to discount those other two companies I know are big suppliers um, to NVIDIA, but I think the pricing power that NVIDIA is going to see being in the lead of having that kind of that top of market chip is going to be extraordinary. Wouldn't you think over the next five, six, seven years? That, I mean, that's a game. Yeah, like I think I it's said, kind I of a game that, So NVIDIA basically has all of the IP around um, GPUs that makes that company extremely valuable. Um, but if you value the manufacturing and you value what it takes to actually put together a fab, which I think is also a really big deal, I think it's a good idea to own those other two companies. At least that's that's the way that I would think about it. And I yeah. finally was able to get the quote for Taiwan Semi, and they have been uh, they've been going up big since their. Uh, two earnings ago, it looks like, but the the whole chip shortage and problems there tank the stock. So this this might be a time where, for me, the stock is lower. It has room to grow if, it, if it's going to get back to the multiples where it was before. So I kind of like that. So, Same with um, the NVIDIA. They, they were also, they, they tanked. Yeah. And that was one so, that I actually shorted back when uh, when Apple announced that they're going all, all of their own uh, silicon. Uh, I I got out of Nvidia and and shorted it and made some money on the downside. Uh, guys, I'm gonna say the other the the probably the number two stock that I think everybody is going to be talking about um, when it comes to AI is Palantir. It's a stock that I've actually never owned, and you know Palantir is obviously the AI powered analytics platform for governments primarily. Right. And their their entire business is built on top of AI. So, again, I, I, I think when you think about the power of AI and every government in the world, right, uh, in addition to municipalities, basically making a decision in the near future, because I, I think when you talk about AI a year ago, two years ago, 
it was just as credible. But at the same time, I felt like you didn't really have that pressure because it was like, oh, it's something in the far off distant yeah. future. We don't need to spend money on AI. Now, I think the narrative is rapidly changing. And if you are controlling the purchasing for governments, I think you're going to be pressured to make sure that you're staying ahead of the curve. And Palantir is, but I would love to be a salesperson for Palantir right now. Like if I, if I was, I have been a sales guy most of my career. And if I was in my early twenties, I would be doing whatever it took to get a job selling AI for a company like Palantir that I feel like that would be one of the easiest sales going forward. So I don't know. I, th I think that's an, I think that's an obvious one. I think they'll probably benefit. Uh, they actually will benefit, but I think the perception play is huge for Palantir. I think everything else we talk about today, well, maybe Microsoft as well, right? Obviously, Microsoft with their, you know, potential 49% ownership interest, which, by the way, isn't really, it's like an ownership interest, but it's capped. It's not like they're going to make a lot of money off that interest. It's more about them getting the exclu exclusivities and getting yeah, to integrate. It's about integrating into okay. their product suite. It, it, do you know, can you even imagine yeah, it's Microsoft like it's Word that will write the document for them. you? <laughs> yes, I can, because it's I'm amazing. doing it right now, Dave. It's just yeah. I'm having to cut and paste, right? So, like, <laughs> once they, honestly, I mean, that's a great comment, though. It, it sounds so stupid, but simply being able to integrate OpenAI, ChatGPT into Microsoft Word, into Excel. My God, into, into Excel. Excel. To, to write the formulas for you? I need to, to do this, and it writes a complicated formula that you don't have to learn Excel. You just It just does what you want. Think about like PowerPoint. If you need a, I need a picture of a person holding a balloon with the word like, you know, 100% oh. on it. And then boom, you've got like custom graphics for your stupid corporate presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Dumb Money Live podcast. Would you not pay a premium to Microsoft for that premium service? Who would not? Who it's would the, not it, pay that? It would be the thing. I, I wouldn't pay a premium, but it's the thing that might get me to go back to the Microsoft suite because I've completely just used, you know, I don't write any complicated documents and the built-in pages that comes with the Apple products is amazing for me. Keynote, I think is, I like better than PowerPoint, even though I know PowerPoint does better things and like these weird it does like 3d animations and stuff now it's, it's it's beyond me but for my needs the apple free ones do everything i need but i might actually have to repurchase the uh the microsoft suite yeah. once they get chat gpt and open which AI for you stuff is paying baked a premium. Yeah. yeah yeah which for you is paying a premium making that switch so those are the three big names i think anyone else in this space is going to be kind of like a, a slightly less obvious play. Yeah. Um, but and and there's there not a pure play. That's the thing that makes it a little bit difficult for me because yeah, Uber yeah. will benefit from AI, but that's such a, like the, the efficiencies gained through AI for Uber is 
it's, it's, it's something that everybody's going to have access to. So it's not like a, a, a needle mover to the point where that is something that makes them makes their stock more valuable, right? What about healthcare? Do you have a healthcare pick? I don't have a healthcare pick because again, I think that all healthcare is going to <clears throat> continue to adopt more and higher levels of AI. And they're all going to, it's going to decrease costs. It's going to increase the ability for a doctor to basically paste in a list of drugs and it spits out interactions where that might've taken like 20 minutes of research before. Yeah. Um, but I don't yeah, so see so a so specific my, healthcare company benefiting. Yes, yeah, so my pick for healthcare is going to be um, a company like Medtronic. Um, lesser extent, maybe J&J, but they've got the sales staffs inside of hospitals. They've got the relationships with doctors to push these new products that are going to be out, right? And so any sort of like medical screening and imaging, um, any sort of new device with sensors that's going to come out, um, these are the types of companies that have those sales staffs in place, in relationships in place to push these products. Yeah. So Jordan, I think I think actually the leader in medical device uh, built on you know built in integration with AI is Intuitive Surgery. Yeah, um, no, you're right. And, and yeah. That, yeah, yeah. So they're probably like in in the medical device space. Intuitive Surgical is definitely like a leader, and I think will yeah. I mean, if you're investing in that space for AI. Yeah. Yeah, I think in terms of name, name I think you know your your Medtronic is another name that you can go to. Because again, I don't I like having more than one. I don't the risk on just having one. Fair, fair. You know what's an interesting obviously going back to my old favorite company, Amazon. Um, in in so many ways, Amazon is positioned to benefit from AI. And I don't know if you guys kept up with the news on Amazon. Uh, they have this new robotic arm that they call Sparrow. And it, and it could be the biggest game changer for um, logistics distribution in the company's history. It's this, it uses computer vision to essentially detect what the actual product is, the size of the product. And like, if you were to tour an Amazon distribution center, which I have, I did a hard hat tour a few years ago. The one thing that blew my mind is there are still thousands of humans that sit in these pods and all they're doing is basically taking packages putting them in boxes and then taping the boxes closed which is like i was like that is so incredibly expensive and wait th those are humans that are just doing that repetitive task and i was at one distribution center and amazon has an insane number of distribution centers I can't even imagine how many of their employees are doing that job and jobs just like that. Well, this Sparrow like arm that uses computer vision is going to completely replace that job and many others across the Amazon, Amazon logistics chain. Yeah. And I was just like, that's, and, and so it's gonna take like probably a decade for them to roll that out across all of their distribution centers, but, if you think about AI, it's it's going to do that across every single facet of their productivity, right? Like, and then you mm -hmm. add robotics on top of that. Again, I think robotics and AI go hand in hand. And I'm going to get back to the whole humanoid thing. And this will kind of take you all the way back to Tesla again. I think, again, Tesla, for a lot of people, is maybe if they could stay out of trouble and just not do anything ridiculous the next few years to, to, to their capital structure so they can continue to grow uh, and, and leverage the AI that they have at Tesla. 
uh, and what they're building with with uh, humanoid robots, Tesla could be one of the very biggest beneficiaries of AI long term. Um, so again, Tesla has to be in the mix there. Totally. Well, not, and not, Tesla... when it, not necessarily when it comes to cars. I don't care about the car stuff. I'm talking about, you know, integrating AI into manufacturing, into robotics, into humanoids that will then basically displace humans at every company, right? But, but the, you know, Tesla has the aggressive mindset that if they see the opportunity and it starts to work, they'll go all in on it. So I think Tesla how, has to be part of that company. How long until uh, Siri and, oh, sorry, I, I shouldn't say these out loud. I can say Siri without the hey word in front of it. Uh, and the Google Assistant and how long until they are actually usable because of ChatGPT style uh, integration? Because right now they're completely broken. And I, I actually just built my own little app that's using a shortcut, you know, built into the iPhone where I can ask my smart Siri to tell me the real answer. And it goes out to ChatGPT and then reads the answer back to me. But how did those, how did all of the companies that have smartest, Alexa, how did, how did all of them miss like integrating ChatGPT style knowledge? I don't know. It's kind of disturbing, right? Like, like think... Siri knows things. It teaches it specific things. Like it knows about movies and actors and it knows about sports and it knows, but that's just like individual databases that were fed into it. That if you know that it knows about sports, you'll ask it about sports, but like just the world's knowledge. That's what, that's what I think is most fascinating about ChatGPT's integration is that it knows everything. When you have a legal question about your, about your liability at a, at your restaurant, you're asking a robot and it, it gives you a better answer that but potentially Dave, isn't I'll, as I'll accurate as an attorney, why. but it gives you an immediate answer for free. We're not there yet. Cause remember the, the learning set, even in chat GPT is a year and a half old. Right. And like a lot of the, a lot of the things that you asked Siri are totally based on current information. Right. And it's just, we're not there. We're maybe a year away, right? Maybe two years away, but that's coming. But do you really think how beneficial is that going to be for Apple and for Amazon? I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate too much in this space. That's 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 what I'm getting back to. Like, I don't want to be speculative. I would rather stay with the obvious plays that don't have to have a winning product. Like, I don't want to guess who's going to have this winning consumer product. At first, I was really jazzed about you know, Microsoft, this changing the game for Bing and being detrimental uh, to Google's search, obviously, uh, which I still think is a huge risk for Google. I don't even want to mess with that. Just just stick with the obvious. Stick with the like NVIDIA wins no matter what here, right? Like, how do you have an argument that doesn't result yeah. in NVIDIA winning big? Tesla potentially wins big with their humanoid play, right? Um, but they have to execute in a lot of different ways. NVIDIA is just there, like when the entire enterprise world says, you know what, we're going to invest 25, 30% of our R&D on AI, you know, innovation the next five to 10 years. Who is guaranteed to win? NVIDIA. Then Nvidia is going to win there, and maybe you know yeah, the surrounding chip and companies. TSMC, because you'll still be buying. You'll you know every time you buy an Nvidia processor, you'll be buying something from TSMC also. 
Okay, fine. I, I fine. I, I'm just saying who who is going to have the, the most leverage though? Who's going to have the most leverage, the most pricing power to really like think about when we have these massive chip shortages on the premium chip. Think about the price points that enterprise is willing to pay for that. That automotive is willing to pay for that. I mean, the pricing power is what's really fascinating to me here because NVIDIA is going to have a rush of Oracle coming to them. Everybody knocking on their door going, we need X amount of these chips. And they're just like, hey, we're stalled out. We're on next year's run and the price is up 40%. Do you want them? Of course you do, right? Like, hey Chris, I just, margin... I just got a text from Len. He wants to make sure you know that it's NVIDIA, not NVIDIA. <laughs> God. Thanks, Lynn. Glad you're watching. <laughs> I've just gotten over it. I'm like, Chris no. is going to talk however he's going to talk. We know, we know what he's saying. You, 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 the, the thing is, I, I'm often wrong, but I don't care because it's not what matters. <laughs> it doesn't actually impact my investment. But you're, you're, you're right. Yeah, that's okay. what I'm saying. In, we in all know what you're talking about, so I think it's fine. Can, you can mispronounce it all you want. <laughs> I just think it's fun to point out the times when Chris is wrong because it happens so infrequently, I right? I just got the test. <laughs> but by the way, is, Lynn uh, is invested this is in Nvidia, Nvidia uh, uh, with with TSM stock price overlaid. So I, you know, they they basically seem to trade pretty much in tandem. So um, yeah, I mean, they're so they're yeah yeah. I mean, they're so you know when there's not real specific information, I think they kind of just trade around with the SMH. Because the, By the way, the, I'm the, buying the, I'm buying Nvidia right now. Just so you're aware, I'm buying. I don't I don't I I don't own any in my personal account, um, but I'm buying them right now. Well, they're up zero point two percent today, but they were up huge yesterday. Well, all right. I so those are those are our picks. Anything else? Um. So yeah, th there's another company that pops up in these stories, and I it's not a company that I really follow, but it's right in the center of the space called. Dynatrace and and Dynatrace is a cloud computing infrastructure monitoring and observability company. <laughs> I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Observability company. The company's Davis AI engine can analyze 368 billion dependencies per second and instantly detects problems in a company's digital ecosystem. Provides context about what went wrong and determines and prioritizes potential business impacts. They were recently named a market leader in AI for IT operations by Forrester, uh, blah, 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 projects 20% revenue growth in fiscal 23, unique AI-based platform that will be difficult for competitors to emulate. So it sounds like that's a company that you, people have to be aware of if they're playing in this AI space. What is, what is the company again? DT is, DT is the stock symbol, Dynatrace. DT. Okay. That's that's what I so thought. But then I was looking for a Dynatrace because that's how you pronounce it the first. Yeah, <laughs> this so is this, I feel this like if, I feel like if you're going to put together an AI portfolio, it sounds like a company that should be part of that. Um, but they haven't done much so which is not necessarily a bad thing. Like I said, this is I feel like imagine if all this that's happening yeah. in AI. All right, envision this. What if what happened in the past two months happened? a year and a half ago in that market. Could you even imagine the run that these AI, yeah. AI stocks would be on? Yeah. Well, and that's where- Two, 300%. In, 
in down markets and recessions, it's the time that companies regroup and develop new things. That's like historically what's happened. And so this is just kind of like cordon, like happening the way the way I would have expected, where people pull back and they're they're figuring out what their next big thing is going to be. Dynatrace yeah, but, but is a yeah, $10.8 billion company, by the way, that I, I'm not familiar with. But imagine the investors chasing these stocks in a huge bull market. It would be so out oh, of yeah. control. You'd be looking at these companies going, you know what? Yeah, they're a big beneficiary, but they're up like 250% in the last 60 days. I just can't do it. Well, that's not the case right now for really any company that's publicly traded for the most part. So you could actually evaluate the beneficiaries and actually buy them, right? At somewhat, somewhat of, I know you think NVIDIA is overvalued, Jordan, you just said, but at well, somewhat I mean, of a reasonable valuation. I don't think NVIDIA- like, If NVIDIA goes on a big growth spree because of this, then maybe they're not overvalued. I'm not saying they're over or undervalued right now. I, I, I haven't. You know, I don't know, yeah. um, but I do want to be in NVIDIA over the next few years. Is today the right time to buy it? I don't know. Um, you know. We're kind of in a weird market environment. Now, the other thing that I was thinking about is that this is going to be a really interesting time to invest in startups. Um, that's where you're going to make the biggest multiples, I think, um, but also the smallest multiples, right? You can go, you can get zeroed out, um, but I might be brushing off stonks.com. Um, so, so, so Jordan, what's really, yeah. What's really interesting about early stage right now, Jordan, or I guess what's really scary, is that a lot of my portfolio companies, and I'm sure yours as well, are all integrating AI yeah. into their products. But I just see that as being scary because it, what it means to me is this AI is allowing companies to come in and disrupt so quickly the barriers to entry now that we have access to APIs to chat GPT and any it's, company can just start well, integrating the same insane amount for cloud, but it made starting a company, right? And it makes smaller companies more competitive versus, you know, big behemoth companies that take longer to integrate these types of uh, services. So I still think that startups are the best bang for the buck. They're the hardest to get into and they're the riskiest, but you can get your biggest returns out of startups right now. I think anything that lowers the barrier to entry, I agree we'll have more startups doing more interesting things. I agree with you there. However, I think valuing those startups is becoming really difficult when people can leverage AI two months down the road and all of a sudden have a competing, you know, not only do you have access to cloud, but now you have access to AI. You don't have to develop a lot of the stuff that you had to develop before slowly. Things happen so quickly now. I just think it's really scary being in tech, early stage tech right now. I don't know what to think. I I can't make sense of it. Yeah. I'm not investing in any of these early stage tech companies right now until I could wrap my head around this. I would rather wait and see which of these companies ends up gaining traction and starting to develop some barriers to entry before I take a look at them, even if I'm investing at a much higher multiple. Um, again, which is why I'm going back to the same thesis, which is I don't want to speculate. Yeah. I want to speculate. I mean, that's definitely with, a with way to do it. Now, the one company that we haven't talked about in all of this that I know that you've been critical of is, right, Alphabet. And so, you know, uh, the thesis here that you're critical on them is that, you know, that's a potential that they'll lose out on search business because of the wider access to information. But they also have their own 
AI team and their own AI products. Um, and they'll be investing heavily in this over the next few. Um, and they've been investing. So they've, they've actually got um, DeepMind as their um, kind of their general AI platform. Um, but they're in all the places that you'd want to be in is healthcare and um, um, right. Yes. And, and I think and they can benefit. And... But at the end of the day, Jordan, Google is generating almost 90% of their revenue from search advertising. That's what makes it tough, right? Because you look at that and they, and, that's, and, kind of, well, that's been Google's story all along is they'll make these amazing products that then, you know, they're expensive to run and they're, you know, their cash cow is the search business. And it always but also, has been. Jordan, think about this. Now we have a nonprofit in OpenAI, which I know they have a for-profit subsidiary, right? In, in, to do these deals, but essentially structured initially as a nonprofit that has what seems like it could be as good as what Google is not showing us, um, or at least in the same realm as what Google has been working on the past decade in AI. And this other company has no, they're happy to, to, to sell it cheap, relatively cheap, right? Because they have nothing to lose. They have, they don't have 80,000 employees or hundred, I don't know how many employees Google has, 100,000 employees. Like they don't have that to deal with. So Google is, is not uh, like- Does nobody I have like 400 something? Is that, is that what I read? Yeah. They yeah. did all of this with 400 employees, right? Yeah. So, and now they're basically licensing all of this to Microsoft, all the big stuff to Microsoft. So like Google is not necessarily in a power position here to charge tons and tons and tons of money and pricing premium for these AI products that nobody else has. Meanwhile, Google is not generating that much money off of anything that they do other than advertising from search, which right. is the one thing that is most at risk. That search advertising model is so at risk to be displaced here, meaning that I think Google probably could have displaced this their search a year ago with their own AI, obviously chose not to. And I think a big reason for that is, why on earth would they introduce something yeah, that could sense. destroy their entire search business? Now, not that there wouldn't be monetization, but as we know, as markets become more efficient, as technology becomes more efficient, sometimes the monetization goes down. Meaning right now, when you search on Google, you might click a dozen links to find, you might spend an hour clicking on Google, researching, clicking to do what OpenAI right, told so your me. Your argument is that that inefficiency is what drives their revenue, right? And so if you make it, things it's a more fact. efficient, it's, it's a fact. well, couldn't they just yeah. charge more for these super efficient ads that they would be serving up, right? And so, well, well, Jordan, you have to assume that over the course of the next 15 years, they have to figure that out, but they have to destroy so like their current model first. And I knew that like, you know, my click through rates and I knew all of these things and you just told me, okay, well now we just went overnight and we made them 10 times more efficient, but you're gonna have to pay us seven times more money or whatever it happens to be. I think- But I Jordan, do you know how that. long it took for Google to educate and to get advertisers on their old platform and to grow that revenue, it took them 20 years. Yeah, 20 no, years. They'd have to, to be get... working on that or else all that money's gonna go away. Well, well, you can't, nothing's going to change overnight, meaning they're gonna destroy one revenue stream while simultaneously trying to retrain advertisers on a new one, which means they have to prove that the ROI is as good or better 
as long right? as they keep the spend the same, as long as they're delivering the results, it shouldn't really matter under the hood what's Jordan, going on. Jordan, no, no, no. There's a tremendous amount of risk related to that with that transition. Tremendous oh, I risk. risk. Tremendous. I agree there's risk, but there's and also risk. They really risk only have anything. one place to go. Down. Yeah, there's like, risk. It's all downside risk. Like they don't do anything, and then you know everybody just starts going to whatever Microsoft's product is going to be. That's the risk. Well, that's an additional risk. But even without yeah. Microsoft, without Bing, without ChatGPT, even if that didn't right, exist, that we never heard about that. Like now that we know what we know about what Microsoft's doing with ChatGPT, I think that's the bigger risk that Google does nothing and they try to keep things the same that they are right now. Oh, oh, I agree. Which is why Google came out and said that I guess rumored later this year they're going to be integrating right. an artificial intelligence functionality into their search in some way. They have no choice anymore, right? But they're going to do it in the They'll most it in a Google way, way that's that more can. advertiser friendly. That that where right now Bing has revenue. They they have the similar kind of ad model, but they're not the go-to industry leader in search. But Bing can only go up, but Google well, can well, only guys, go down. As a user, as a user, the user's interest is not keep maintaining an advertising revenue stream yes. for, for the provider, right? But Google's interest is in doing that. So artificial intelligence can get us answers quickly without maybe ever going to an advertiser. Like I might never need to go to whoever it is. That, a specific that website that's paying to get you to click on that link. You may never yeah, need to go to that website. Yeah, because a lot of times, a lot of times, it's just branding. Like, okay, I found out that information, but while I'm on that other website, I'm also going to do this other stuff. It's just like, it's way more efficient. You know where this is headed. This is headed towards likely less revenue for search. I, I think it's, but but I think that they'll they like Jordan's point. They will be able to optimize that advertising better. But we may see the return of the banner ad as like the preferred way to do things because while you're doing all of your research, they have ads that are contextually relevant to what they know about you searching now, what they know about you searching yesterday. They know everything about what you've searched for, and now they have more AI that can say, well, he was asking me about legal services, so now we're showing every lawyer ad in town. I mean, they do that today, but right now, if you look at what Meek Kevin just did on his show, did he go and end up on legal Zoom to pay no. them money or on no. some other? No, he got a legal contract that he's actually just sending. And and for a lot of stuff, quite honestly, I might just start writing my own for simple legal stuff where I, yeah. it's not really like I don't. I but might think just about the, the same thing that like, you. If Google made it even better, to where they're like, okay, we'll generate you this document. Um, Click here, and within within like an hour, we'll have an attorney um, turn it around and make sure that everything is you know binding or it happened whatever it needs to be, you know it gets that check and balance and you know your credit cards on here it costs ten dollars or a hundred dollars or whatever. See, I possibly perhaps. You know, I mean, like not everybody's going to do it, but there are going to be some people that are like, yeah, I really do. Want gonna, an attorney to look yeah, at they'll it. have to change where that transaction happens instead right. of trying to drive people to a specific website. It's going to need to be more transactional where you can Think do it if right like on a, the thing that you're talking to. Yeah. If you're like an attorney that is like super with it and you're like, well, I'm either going to go out of business or we're going to hire some programmers and integrate with ChatGPT and offer a one click, deliver this to our attorneys and we'll turn it around for you within three hours or whatever it happens to be. Yeah, it's going right? to invent so, new industries that have never existed. Now, I'm not going to invest in the like law firm, like AI bot that integrates to Google's AI bot. 
That's not that's not something I'm going to invest in, but someone is out there writing that code right now. Yeah. But I, I think what I, Chris I, is saying I, that is for simple legal documents, his current method is not calling his attorney. It's Googling, give me an example yeah, yeah, contract that does that this, and then he copies and pastes it out of that. Five more business to attorneys, right? Um, into specific attorneys. You're going to get a certain, it's not going to be everybody. Like I said, you, you know, what is it, 10%, 5% are actually going to do that? Um, but at least it's somebody, and that those dollars are going to flow. All I'm saying is the industry that they took two decades to develop and monetize is about to be disrupted. Yeah. And, in, and that new industry is going to need time to find its revenue stream, to educate its advertisers, to prove its ROI. And that doesn't take months. That takes years, potentially decades. I don't know. It takes a very long time when you have a brand new advertising model, a brand new way of connecting and communicating with individuals. It, Google does not want to disrupt what they, guys, like I said, this is not 20%, it's 90% roughly of yeah. their revenue stream. And it's been growing like massively for 20 years. Like I, I was joking around when I was there in 1999-ish, 2000 at the birth a new or two Dave at the birth of like online advertising at the mm -hmm. birth of search um when search was literally manually done at a company called overture that yahoo where dave worked eventually acquired and everybody thought that that was going to be the search engine before google disrupted yahoo right and I thought at the time I was like, this is magical. This is going to be a mature industry in five years. Here we are 22 years later and Google is still training advertisers to get up on Google search. I, I, this is not an industry they want to disrupt right now. And it's a, yeah. I don't see this as being anything but negative for search business. And for all these people saying, but Google has all these, no, they don't. They, they don't have anything else that really makes any money at all. In fact, everything else that Google does for the most part just costs insane amounts of money and loses them money. So this yeah, They're is able to make Google. these big investments because they have this continuous advertising machine. We're just printing money. And if that gets interrupted or slowed down, it could be a big problem for Google. Dave, what website was that you just pulled up? Uh, Angel Sanchez wanted to know. Oh, that's Comment. just on, uh, that's on TradingView. It's just the uh, detailed um, income statement for Google. So uh, part-time Larry said that Google's AI blog has a huge write of I don't know what that is. Maybe Larry, you can post a, a link in the chat. I'd like to see that. So guys, again, I'm not gonna overthink this. The one thing that I've learned during these massive disruptive cycles that we've been through over the past few decades as an investor is, early on, I don't wanna get too creative with my thinking. It, it's just not worth it. Like there will be plenty of time to figure out like the hidden niche winners in this space. And Jordan, you're right. A lot of times they will be private, but right now I want to try to figure out who will be the big obvious winners that initially people will probably overinvest in. Uh, people will probably hype them up way too much because it's just so obvious. And to me, that has to be Nvidia, maybe uh, Microsoft, probably Palantir as well. Uh, I'm just going to stick with the simple stuff. And later on, if I find other companies that I think could be niche winners, I'll go with them. By the way, I forgot to say something during our episode last week. For those of y'all that did not watch our episode on 
the most revolutionary breakthroughs that we've ever seen in pharma uh, with all of these new uh, diet drugs. I don't want to call them diet drugs. They're, they're weight loss, diabetes they're drugs. one uh, <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I had a niche I had a niche pick that I was pretty proud of when I did deep research, but I'm not investing in it. But I thought it was an interesting way to look at a sector that's massively changing and try to figure out, you know, who are the winners that no one's thinking about. And this is fascinating. Let me roll this by you. So I think we're going to see a shrinking of the world over the next three to five years, complete shrinking of the because of all these uh, new weight loss miracle uh, injections that are happening. By the way, we're not doctors. It's just my interpretation of those pharma drugs. Women, and we have, I think, tens and tens and tens of millions of women globally that have had breast augmentations. They are going to be losing weight. And from my research, when a woman who's had uh, that type of work done loses a significant amount of weight, it is massively disruptive to that prior surgery and they have to go get a resurgery immediately um, to fix all the issues from the weight loss in the chest and the implants, I guess, not having support fat tissue and all, there's just all kinds of massive stuff that goes. So Allergan, I think, uh, would be the biggest beneficiary. I think they're one of the world's largest suppliers of implants Uh, and potentially we could see we could see a replacement cycle in the breast augmentation industry sector due to the now, now, I know is, it's a bit of a stretch, right? It's a bit a of a stretch. Chris, have you seen where they show like the ones that they've taken out and they're like they have crust over them where the body is like deposited all this material? It's I've it's seen it. I've seen it. Yeah. Um isn't that what that just goes to show that there are so many interesting investments that one can make when you have these massive cycles because these cycles impact just so many different parts of our life but i'm right, not my about head what is... type of clothes do people want to wear when they lose weight right do they want to go to lululemon and get outfitted well well i my mind immediately went to shorting there's a company with the stock symbol c-u-r-v curve it's one of the larger big and tall stores yeah. retail stores the problem is, i was going to short them the problem is the company is so in the dumps they're down like 90 95 yeah. yeah, i was like I, retails, I can't. retail's taking a hit right now yeah retail's already taking the huge torrid holdings inc yeah yeah that that's them so yeah hey, listen lulu what about his dress you bar know, a public you, company jordan, i don't even remember jordan, jordan you're actually so right though i mean i i i this is just one more. And now we're, we're going back a week in terms of talking about last week's episode. But because if you haven't seen it, you have to. But Lulu, it's just another tailwind for Lulu. Totally agree. Because you're losing that weight, you're going to put on the spandex, right? Yeah, like, you, want, you, want the, you want the leggings. That's you right. want those like Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, back to AI. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I, I briefly mentioned Meta, but uh, you know Meta's building, I guess, the world's largest AI supercomputer, with exclusively with NVIDIA chips. It looks like um, so Meta could be a big beneficiary. But, but again, here's the thing about Meta: they have so much going on. There's yeah. no way I'm going to invest in Meta based on the AI play that Meta is going to have. No way. Not not no chance between their advertising model getting completely blown up 
and all the insane amounts of money that they're spending on the metaverse that could end up being the biggest disaster in the company's history, even if they knock it out of the park with their AI, you know, segment. No, I'm, I'm not. I'm not touching it because of AI. No, I agree. I sold. I sold my meta a while ago. Oh. So someone said, "What about in mode picker?" I N M. Oh, now they're talking about shrinking in between. <laughs> we're, we're, we're back to the diet side. What is in mode? I, I don't know in mode. I they design, develop, and manufacture minimally invasive aesthetic medical products uh, that target an array of procedures, including permanent hair reductions, facial skin rejuvenation, wrinkle reduction, cellulite treatment, appearance, superficial, benign, vascular, and pigmented. I, I don't know enough about this company so, other than the so, summary. All right, so what I. What what I think what I think this person's getting at is, and this is Mario uh, Marco M. What I think Marco's getting at is again, if you're losing that much weight, and I do think we're going to be talking about millions of people losing massive amounts of weight. Even when you lose a little bit of weight, I noticed because uh, I've been doing this intermittent fasting thing the last six months, lost twenty pounds, that your skin. I, I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like I, my fat is going away and now my skin is starting to like, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you have extra skin. Yep. Uh, and I assume that that would be a massive problem for everybody on these weight loss drugs. Yeah, so if you're amount, uh, losing- your body corrects a small amount over time, but if you lose a large amount, then that, that can definitely be an- well, well, Jordan, these people are all losing a I'm, very that's what I, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I'm saying for you, it's probably not gonna be an issue. Yeah. Um, but but for, for, for- it could be. People um, like you, you mentioned Lulu. What are the like? Does Ann Taylor have a parent company that's public or uh, Banana Republic? People are going to have to rebuy. Yeah, I mean, Gap too. owns Banana Republic, and and by the way, Athleta, which is an amazing company inside of Gap. That's a stretch for me. I I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that necessarily. By the way, can y'all give us a thumbs up? Uh, did a great job last episode, Dave. You did. You forgot. This might be the first episode you just did not even ask for a thumbs up. We'd really appreciate I, it, guys. No, I did ask for a thumbs up. It was it was right after the theme song. Ah, my bad. I wasn't paying attention. You never do. You, oh. Did you even listen to my intro? It was written by a robot this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know if the robot asked for the thumbs up. No, I had to add that. I only gave it the you can tell theme it to song. Ask for the thumbs up. You can prompt that, or is that extra? But it was, it's funny. Like I fed it like the script that I used for the last eight shows, and it came up with a thing. I had to tweak it a few times to come up with one that I actually thought was good enough to read. But it did a pretty good job. Look at all those thumbs up that um, just came in. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. Appreciate that. Well, I threw mine on. That's worth um, ten. By the way, people are asking about LAC. Uh, I have a small, much smaller, smaller position in LAC than I've had in the past. Uh, for those of y'all that have been following my LAC trade the last year, that's Lithium America. They came, the judge came out a few weeks ago. We didn't talk about this. Uh, judge came out and said she would have a final ruling in a few months. Uh, so looks like we're going to get our ruling February or March, probably the very latest April, but she was pretty clear that it was going to be a final ruling. And I just cannot imagine, I cannot imagine the ruling going against Lithium America here. Like with, if, if this ruling goes against Lithium America after 10 years of trying to get this passed in Nevada, like, 
I don't know what we're going to do for electrification. I really don't in this country. Like we will not be able to produce lithium in North America, period. This will be a catastrophe. So for me, I think it's all but a done deal. We'll see. I, I do want to have exposure to lithium America and I will have, I'll figure out how much exposure I want to have between now and then. I think the game here, as I've seen with lithium America is you kind of have to own it like a month before other people start buying it going yeah. into these decisions. So I think at some point in yeah, the next honestly, I mean, month, it's just been bouncing around 20 here. Um, you know, it was like 19 the other day. Right now, it's a little north of 21. Um, it's just kind of in this range. Well, there's really nothing to happen until this decision yeah. comes out. Like this, this decision has been in the works for years, years and years and years. And it's finally happening, call it March, April at the latest. And it's going to be a pretty big day for LAC. And I don't know what the market reaction will be. I, I, you know, I don't know exactly, you know, the judgment could have some caveats in it that could, it could not be a hundred percent win for LIC. There could be some issues. I, I don't know. Um, but I certainly have to have a long position in LIC going into that judgment. I have to have it. I'm not going to be super levered. I'm not going to do anything super risky, uh, but I will be in it. But guys, there's nothing really to talk about between now and then, honestly health insurance any other questions guys that are worth addressing um any 3d printing housing construction plays it's too speculative I, you know i'm not yeah, I met a startup I, I, company like a month ago i just i don't do you, um, i don't want to be speculative in this market hell no I, I really, really don't. That's why I pulled back from all of my early stage investing. I'm generally not investing in any startups right now. I'm focused exclusively on cash flow and then focused on publicly traded liquid companies that I think are part of the next super cycle, right? Companies like NVIDIA, I think a great example of that. Companies like, you know, NVO, last week's episode, and Eli Lilly, part of the next you NVO, know, super cycle. Tesla. Amazon, NVIDIA. That's Tesla. It, no, no. I, I'm going to say I'm going to put Tesla in that highly speculative category, though. I know you love Tesla, and I'm not saying that Tesla isn't going to not going to be this huge comeback story. I'm just saying it's a speculative comeback story. I, I the thing that bothers me most about Tesla is just being pressed in in a negative in a bad cycle, right? Being I, I just don't know how the company reacts when they're in a really bad cycle this next year. At some point, if they can survive the next year, I think Tesla becomes potentially interesting, mainly for their humanoid play. But it's speculative, and I don't want to so be speculative. I don't own any Tesla right now, Dave. I don't own any Tesla. Really? At the, at this, hmm. Outside of my foundation. My foundation does anything, but I don't own any. I own Tesla. I was unable to hedge it strong enough when it just completely got obliterated but i still believe in them and uh we'll see if they mention any humanoid type stuff on their earnings call tomorrow night i'll be watching for that although i do have kind of an inside scoop on the humanoid stuff i think that they're working on and i don't think there's anything i don't think there's anything game changing they would announce this quarter i can't imagine uh, they would. but i think it's all i think it's all vehicle next, this... yeah i think the next 18 months is potentially going to be really interesting uh, in terms of learning about their traction with the humanoids. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, 
the people saying I'm changed. I'm more conservative. I, guys, I'm just trying to, it's just the market environment. I think you have to be realistic in this market, right? And I think, you know, you were speculative when you needed to be and then you're cautious when you need to be. I think that's just prudent investing. Yeah, I, I've been, I'm still, I'm still 70% hedged on my entire portfolio. It's Are you? Still 70%. Hedged. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Uh, yeah, guys, I'm by like the way, 30% hedged. What? I'm like 30% no, hedged uh, on my equity, but I'm still like 50% cash. Yeah, no, I'm 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 closer to seventy percent right now. Um, yeah. No, I might be actually with that big NVO uh, purchase. I'm probably closer to fifty percent. Uh, I'll take up. So I did recently exit most of my Crocs, and I'll tell you why. So not that I don't believe in Crocs, and I might get back into Crocs in a big way. But my son came home from school a couple weeks ago. He's in seventh grade. And he said something to me that kind of like just shook me He because he, he's been, you know, the, the middle Crocs in middle school has been huge for the last two years, two, three years. He said, yeah, Crocs are done in, in our, in, for our grade. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, people aren't really wearing Crocs right now. Like, and this happened very quickly. And I don't know if it's, maybe it's just went out of style for a couple <clears> months, <throat> but that kind of unnerved me because if, if Crocs starts to kind of lose that hype with, that young, young generation, that could be the first sign that, okay, they've had such a big hype cycle the past couple of years. At, I've had quite a run with Crocs. I just got what out about of it for the, a uh, bit. the old man generation wearing Hey Dudes? I've, I have not seen Hey Dudes as frequently as I did before, and I've stopped wearing them myself. Well, that that's interesting, Dave. I, I think the Hey Dudes data is still pretty good. But again, when you have a move like you've had in Crocs, I'm looking at their chart right now. They're, it's it's wild. The, the they're at 123. We were we were we were going nuts on Crocs at 50, 50, yep. 60 bucks a share. It's it's done a full double plus then, right? This stock has doubled. We have been we have been in Crocs, hyping Crocs all last year. Um, for me, it's a, it's a risk reward. It's very hard to determine what market expectations are in a down market in a down market for a hot stock. So my concern is that you have a stock that's doubled in a time when every other stock has gotten crushed, right? And if they're not completely blowing the minds of Wall Street with every single news announcement, every data release, right? That's potentially putting that stock at risk. And I, it's a risk reward thing for me. And when I heard my son say that, I was like, that's all I needed to hear. I'm taking those Crocs profits for now and I'm out. So just not, I'm not an advisor. I'm not saying other people should do that, but that was my decision on my portfolio. So right now I'm out of Crocs. I'm still in Crocs, but I don't have a huge position. I think I sold half or something a while back. Uh, and by the way, if, if I will look at Crocs earnings, if I will do a deep dive on Crocs prior to this next earnings and if I see stuff that I love, both on Crocs and Hey Dudes, I might for now know. So Crocs earnings should happen sometime around February 15th. It has not been confirmed yet, but uh, that will be for the period in December. Yeah. So we'll have to have to follow that story closely. Do, do you say Feb 15? Feb 15, yeah. Okay. But right. for so we'll, the period we'll ending in. December. We'll do a show on Crocs before that earnings. Um... Okay, guys. Uh, that's it. What else? Uh, 
I have a few ideas for our show next week. Dave, are you still around to do something next oh, yeah. week? Oh yeah, we I'm I'm good we to go. We potentially have that guest. We have Tesla earnings week. tomorrow. We we might need to even cover that. Elon, if Elon isn't on the call though, it's not it's not going to be fun. I only he, like it when Elon's on the call. call. Yeah, yeah, not into it. All right, not into it. Well, are you going to tease us with the ideas you have for next week's show, or are you just going to say goodbye? Well, we have this guest that I think is coming on the show next week. If we could land him or, or figure out times, uh, he is the founder and CEO of. Oh my God! I just had a brain fart here. Uh, Rally the Collectibles Company. Rally. Rally. Rally Road. Rally Road. Yeah. So um, I think there's a lot of interesting things going on in the collectible space right now. And we spent a lot of time the last two years kind of talking about alternative investments. And we will have a show coming, if not next week, in the next couple of weeks, talking about the state of alternative investments, collectibles, cards, all of the above, like everything. I mean, we're talking about every single class of alternative like deep alternative investments, cars, um, that they went through a super cycle, watches, right? Went through a super cycle and pulled back massively. So where do we think are the big opportunities in kind of alternative or collectible investments? And I don't think, I can't think of anybody that has a better sight line into that than the CEO of Rally, he used to be called Rally Road, who I'm an investor in. And we're going to have him on the show soon. So might or might not be next week. If not, we'll do something else great next week. But subscribe if you haven't, because the only way you'll know if we're doing the show, because it might not even be on a Tuesday. You never know. <laughs> subscribe. We're done money. We will see Thanks, you guys. next week. Or maybe even later this week. You won't know unless you've subscribed.